and welcome Mavs Nation to MavsCast, the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast. This is your host again, Hope Kissan, at Hope Kios, H-O-V-O-K-Y-O-S on Twitter. Back again with another episode and we are officially in the preseason. Can you guys feel it? Can you guys feel the excitement, especially after tonight's win? Two-point win against Oklahoma City Thunder, of course. But in a fashion that should get Mavs fans hyped up. So I'm going to talk about some of the standout players, which are... First, we got to start off with Jaden Hardy, right? Uh, Josh Green doing his thing. Uh, Christian Wood. A lot of people are hyped up about uh, what they saw out of him. I'll talk about some of the negatives from him um, that I noticed as well, but mostly positive, right? Um, You had uh, Dwight Powell was another standout player, I think, but we already know what to expect from Dwight Powell, right? Like he's pretty much doing Dwight Powell things. So the details of uh, today's today's game is uh, the Mavs went up north across the border to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to play the Oklahoma City Thunder and Luca Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, did not travel with the team. Uh, there was one more person that I'm missing, but uh, Bertans and JaVale McGee uh, have minor injuries, so they weren't going to play anyway. Um, so the Mavs end up starting, well, what was reported uh, really early on in the day was they're going to start Spencer Dinwiddie, Frank Nilekina, uh Bang Bros, you know, Reggie and, and Doe, uh, and then Christian Wood uh, starting. But uh, as it came closer to the tip-off, uh, we found out, as I had expected, Josh Green is going to start instead of Frank Nilekina. Makes more sense as a, as a shooting guard, of course. Um, but then you see the tip-off, and his Christian Wood is not there. Um, Dwight Powell is tipping off. So that was a little bit of a surprise. I think, um, you know, people got excited for a little bit to see, you know, Christian Wood starting, you know, maybe do we get bamboozled on media day? Is it just a thing where, uh, you know, Travail is out and that's why, but, um, no, it seems like, you know, Powell starting at center is going to be a thing. Christian Wood, well, Powell starting at center when Travail is out is going to be a thing. Uh, Christian Wood coming off the bench is going to be a thing. Um, Christian Wood mainly playing center off the bench is going to be a thing. Although I think there were some minutes uh, where he did play center. I mean, sorry, that he that he did play alongside another center. But I'm not sure how often that's going to happen uh, during the season. Uh, that's why I was missing Maxi Kleba. Uh, also did not travel with the team. Um, and Maxi Kleba is who I expect to play the most alongside Christian Wood. Um, and that would put Christian Wood at, at center, obviously. But, um, yeah, so that's the starting lineup over there. Spencer, Josh, Reggie, Doe, and Powell. Uh, Thunder were missing, uh, pretty much their injured stars. Uh, you had Chet Holmgren, of course, is going to be out for the season. Uh, Shea has a somewhat short-term injury we'll see how long it goes people always like to uh 
to throw out, you know, Thunder tanking, um, resting Shea and, and some other players. But obviously those, uh, those speculation gets a lot louder as Twitter is sort of blowing up over how many teams are going to tank this year. The night after seeing Victor Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson go at it, uh, you know, on TV last night. So, um, you know, just to shortly touch up on that, Victor Wembenyama finished with 37 points, 7 of 11 from the three-point line for a guy who's listed at 7'3", probably more like 7'5", 18, 19-year-old, and five blocks. And it was, I think, only the second time that a player has had seven made threes and five blocks in a game in an NBA game either the first time since Danny Green or the only time uh, along with when Danny Green did it Um, anyway uh, interesting Uh, Scoot Henderson also showed some insane moves um, you know in, in any other average year you would be talking about maybe Scoot Henderson going first but with a, a absolute freak like um victor Wembenyama, everyone's just now like twitter is just blowing up with people talking about you know speculation on what teams are going to tank just to get this absolute prospect with a consolation prize it almost feels bad to say but consolation prize of scoot henderson is what it's looking like now um anyway so you know that that goes factors into you know what the thunder are doing so they basically had Josh Giddy there, Pokushevsky as the two main sort of, you know, playable guys, I guess. Did they have Baisley playing today? I actually didn't even notice him in the game. He might have been out. But, um, yeah, you know, not, not too much resistance for the Mavs, uh, you know, in terms of the lineup that was put out there in front of them, despite the Mavs also being down a lot of their uh, rotation players. But... Um, OKC really put up a fight here. Um, I'll talk about the Mavs players that stood out. Um, the defense didn't look that impressive for the Mavs. The offense actually uh, at times stagnated a bit too. I mean, as you can expect, uh, you know, Spencer's off the bench, even though the role players are coming in and playing nicely. You know, the, the younger guards are coming in and playing nicely. It's still not the same high octane offense that you would have with Luca leading it obviously right um so there are you know quite a bit of points where where the Mavs were down it took a really good fourth quarter from Jaden Hardy to uh to win by two points right um but starting from the first quarter right like Dwight Powell doing Dwight Powell things putting in everything over there started over Christian Wood um working hard for all the boards, working hard, you know, running the rim, setting the screens. Um, got a few deflections in the lane, just said, nah, you know, um, anytime OKC wanted to drive it in and cut. So at, at those moments, the Mavs defense looked great. Reggie Bullock was playing great defense. I almost didn't even notice like Doe because he was probably just locking up his guy as usual. So, um, so yeah, that part of it was promising. And then the other thing, you know, that sort of stuck out in the first quarter was 
uh, Josh Green, right? Josh Green, more of the same that we've seen from the scrimmages, from um, Fan Jam on, on Saturday, from training camp that we talked about last week. But just really just his effort above everything else to like put skill aside, like the effort that he's putting into it. Really great to see, and it sort of matches the narrative that we've been hearing about him uh, so far this offseason, particularly in the last couple of weeks um, with him, you know, just turning in all that work in Vegas, working with Lowry and, and a bunch of his trainers. Um, he's playing committed full-court defense on Giddy, um, like really like took that assignment on, right? Um, Giddy's game... Uh, a lot of, you know, slow, you know, post up, wait for a cutter, nice flashy pass, you know, into the key, which the Mavs defended pretty well in general. Um, but one thing that I noticed is when uh, Giddy was sort of slowing the game down and, and whenever the ball was, was, was held and the, the OKC offense was a little stagnant, uh, Josh was sort of standstill. Um, when the offense, when the OKC offense is standstill, and he's sort of standing there straight-legged, like kind of bent over, like waiting for something to happen, and it feels like a really like quick point guard that he was up against. He was just going to get blown by in those situations. So one thing I want to see is like, yes, that effort that he had, like continue to have that discipline to sort of stay in your defensive stance stay ready to make a lateral move to cut someone off they're going to drive past you or or step back or something like that so uh, I feel like Josh Kitty's not the player to to make you pay for that he's not just going to pull up out of nowhere he's not going to do a step back like if he does like that's what you want him to do right so um so maybe it was just the fact that he knew that but it's something I definitely want to see that Jason, Jason Kidd's going to work on him, and especially, you know, um, he's improved all these other parts of his game so far, so of course he, he could do that as well. So um, there's that about Josh Green, offensive side. His penetration is looking just like it did in the scrimmages, attacking with confidence, aggressiveness, uh, you know, jumping in the air and midair, just flashy pass, no-look pass, or like behind the defensive center's back to to Dwight Powell for the slam uh, sort of thing, looking for cutters, uh, aware of where his teammates are, like not too many turnovers, right? Um, So that's definitely what I like to see. Um, Diving for loose balls. Uh, He did one early in the game, but also like really late in the game, Uh, like basically at the end of the third quarter, he's, you know, diving on the floor, uh, to get jump balls late in the game. And this is after, you know, like most of the math starters were, were done for the night um, by halftime, uh, including Spencer, right? Um, what else did we see? So we saw McKinley Wright got a bunch of playing time. He's a guard. He looked pretty decent as a ball handler. I'm saying that, you know, knowing that it's preseason, knowing the competition that he's going up against, um, Definitely doesn't have like a lot of the other parts of his game uh, where he would crack into like real playing time with the Mavs, I think. But, um, but I mean, from what we saw from him, like do what he does, like it, it was, it was really good uh, as a ball handler, a distributor, uh, guard. 
And then uh, we saw Christian Wood come in. So we saw a bit of action from him in the second quarter, um, I think a bit in the first two, but uh, he wasn't shining yet in his first action. Um, he lo- still looks a bit lazy on defense. Um, I-, I said it um, to a couple people. He still looks defensively like he did in Houston, um, especially as a center, um, that rim protector role, you know, protecting the paint. He's not positioning well for that. There were some times where there was a bunch of bodies in the paint and he's sort of standing behind the other bodies, like there'll be shorter uh, or smaller players, uh, you know, teammates in front of him. And he's not going to stop the offensive player. He's sort of waiting for the offensive player to come to him which is another thing that I saw even not just when someone's already in the key, but when someone's driving into the key, he sort of lets them come into his body. And of course, he's not, uh, you know, a very bulky uh, individual. Um, He can't take that contact that well. And then oftentimes what happens is someone will go into him, they'll, they'll jump up for a shot, he'll jump up for the contest, even if he is jumping straight. Um, and like normally it wouldn't be a foul. They're going into him. They're getting the contact. They're moving him, and then he's no longer straight. And then he goes for a block, and uh, oftentimes unnecessarily, right? Because that's what's going to cause it to draw a foul. Even if he does get all ball on that, they're going to get him on the on the arm contact and the body contact, right? So that part of it's still not what I want to see. Now people are saying like, "Oh, calm down. It's it's preseason and whatever." It's like it's. It's, it's not just the effort. It is also the effort that I want to see turned around. Like, I wanted to see him come out. I was like, okay, now he's on, in this Jason Kidd defense. He's on a championship contending team and all of that. And it's like, I'm not giving up hope on that yet because it still is preseason. But just even in the technique and everything, right? He's definitely got to get coached up and he's definitely got to listen to it. So having Tyson Chandler there is definitely going to help a lot having javel there and uh, should help a lot um i'm assuming but we'll see how much progress he makes in that um i mean they've had an off season to work on it but of course they could work on a lot more during the season so definitely a thing to watch on that front um but then he started you know showing us more of his offensive game uh looked good of course as he usually does offensively he was doing a lot of work without the ball um one thing without the ball is his screens were definitely weak and a lot of what I am used to seeing from him in Houston. Um, yeah, basically, you know, very soft screen. Sometimes the play asks for that, right? You go there and then you roll to the rim really quick, especially depending on what the other center does. Um, sometimes it's there to work out, but a lot of times it's just, you know, brick wall badge in NBA 2K, it's like he doesn't have one or it's at, or it's stuck at bronze, right? But this also factors into a lot of the things why I said I want to see him at power forward, right? I want to see him alongside another center going into also why I would want to see the Mavs have a stretch center uh, for situations like that. And if they don't, it's fine. He could play center, um, center minutes, in those times where you need that offense and everything, but you know, that smaller ball lineup, but he's just not like a strong stable footed dude. 
He's a thin guy, athletic guy, works to his advantage ton of ton of the time, right? But um, you know, I definitely want to see a lot more physicality with respect to protecting the paint, with respect to setting screens, and then maybe a little bit on rebounding, boxing out. Now, I will say uh, he had a fantastic rebounding game today. He had 13 rebounds and 25 minutes played, and he was just like chasing the rebounds uh, all over the place. But he didn't have to work that hard for it. He wasn't getting boxed out that much. There were, there were a few moments where he did, you know, did some great, you know, uh, boxing out, but he's facing the, the Thunder, right? Thunder have injured Trevor Holmgren, not playing. Uh, their center is basically Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who I've seen listed small forward at times, right? Um, their other quote-unquote center is Pokyshevsky, right? Um, yeah, he's seven foot, but the guy's a chopstick, right? Um, and then you have Darius Baisley, right? Who's another like really skinny, really small uh, player, tall, but not a lot of bulk, like a Christian Wood type of player, right? There's no like big body that he has to wrestle against that you would say, okay, it was super impressive that he got 13 boards over Nurkic, for example right or like not even Nurkic like there wasn't even like a Dwight Powell type player for him to to get that over so I'm not like super impressed by that but obviously um, it is good to see because obviously he could only do that against the competition that that they put in front of him Um, but yeah they you know doing a lot of good work off the ball in terms of receiving the ball or even getting the offensive boards putting it back uh, you know being there as a lob threat or uh, you know, one of those draw screen passes. Actually, he worked a lot better with Jaden Hardy than he did with uh, draw screen, that that chemistry that we've been hearing about. I even talked about last time. Um, it's definitely there between Hardy and Wood, which is a good thing because they're going to be on a bench unit together. So, um, so a lot of that going on, running a pick and roll together, even if, you know, say what you say, what you or say what you want or what I just said about, um, Christian Wood screens, as long as he has that chemistry with Hardy, they can figure it out. Um, But yeah, they're feeding him when he's surrounded by non-rotation players. There was a point where it was Christian Wood and basically four other guys who are not going to crack the Mavs 10 or even 11-man rotation um, in the playoffs. So uh, in in those situations, they were feeding him in the post. So that's definitely what you want to see, even when Christian Wood is surrounded by uh, rotation players like Tim Hardaway Jr., like Maxi Kleba, either in a full bench unit or even when it is Spencer leading the offense and Luca's off the court, you still want to go to Wood for a few plays to generate that offense, especially if it's someone you could get a mismatch against, um, like this OKC team. Um, so yeah, I, I spoke about uh, his rim protection. Oh, another thing too, um, when I was talking about you know, people going into him and, you know, putting, just putting their shoulder into him and just uh, sort of collapses himself and, and leads to a foul instead of what could be a, a good straight up contest or maybe even a shot block uh, or maybe even like convincing someone to pass the ball out instead of attacking the rim. An alternative to that uh, is maybe he needs to, to start learning how to take charges, right? 
um, I noticed there's a couple times where it probably would have been better instead of backpedaling than jumping and going for a block and, and possibly fouling. Um, it would have been better if he just, you know, gets in the habit of, of drawing a charge. Um, yeah, so I spoke about, you know, uh, some of the starters being done by halftime. That was Spencer, Doe, and Reggie were done by halftime. Um, so we saw a lot in the third quarter. That's where a lot of the work that I said Christian Wood did with the boards and the and the, and the scoring um, happened in the third quarter. Uh, Josh Green continued to play there, and then we started to see more of uh, Jaden Hardy. Um, Jaden Hardy, what could I say about him? So Jaden Hardy wearing the headband, headband Hardy playing very impressively against the OKC's bench units. Uh, a lot of the damage that Jaden Hardy did came in the fourth quarter, so he ended up with 21 points in this game. 16 of that was in the fourth. Um, now, a lot of what he was doing in the third wasn't uh, exactly just scoring, um, but still, like definitely most of what he did was coming against, uh, you know, not Josh Kitty, who's not a great defender in, in his own right, but... Um, but yeah, so you got to look at, you know, the people he was doing against, which are similar to his summer league competition, which the issue, one of the issues that I outlined um, in his summer league tape when I scouted him was his teammates are also of that caliber. Now you had like Marcus Bingham Jr. who was there. Uh, but outside of that, you had teammates who couldn't really generate a lot of the offense. So while Jaden Hardy is very oftentimes not a selfish player and is fine, you know, spreading the floor by uh, by camping out at the three-point line, either in the corner or moving up to the wing, um, you know, to get open for a shot. It wasn't really working out on that team. Now, it worked out a lot better in this game because he got, I want to say, three or four three-pointers that were delivered to him right uh, catch and shoot sort of threes um that otherwise like uh, would not happen in 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 that summer league team that he was playing with so of course that's going to happen a lot more when he's playing actual minutes in a in an NBA regular season game because he's going to have teammates like even if it is Josh Green, Frank Nilakina and Tim Hardaway Jr. just talking about the bench cards that's still a massive upgrade, right? So if he has that game uh, and he's showing that game, that itself is is something impressive that I want to see. That's to me is like just as impressive as his driving and his facilitating, which were incredibly impress- impressive, but I am still looking at it at the lens of, you know, the people who he's playing against. So attack to rim with force as he usually does, um, knock down those open and contested threes actually his step back game is on point so he's really like getting to his spots uh when he needs to just like nico harrison was talking about so he knows exactly where to get on the court based on what the defense is giving him and he's got that nice step back last second so it's it's basically a shot is not going to be contested at all so that gives that sort of high potential that we're looking at where he was a top prospect along with chet holmgren you know, high school prospect, uh, you know, and then he chose to go to G League Ignite and then his his stock sort of, um, you know, went down to the benefit of the Mavs who were able to draft him, right? So 
Other things I noticed about Hardy, he has no problem running in transition to get to a spot up point. He was just, he was like sprinting down the court when his teammate had the ball, right? He was getting to his spot up spot before his teammate ball handler got down the court. And this is in the fourth quarter, right? This is to help them win the game, the preseason game, right? And then a half course um, set basically spaced the floor while the ball is away from him, right? That effort that you're seeing in a fourth quarter of a preseason game um, is really like the big positive that, that I get out of this. And defensively too. Defensively, now I talked about a lot of his shortcomings, uh, his size obviously, and uh, him getting like a little too jumpy at times, um, causing him to either leave people open or get blown by. Um, but at least that effort is definitely what I like to see. And then the rest of it, the coaching staff will work. I mean, he'll gain with age as well. Um, he'll gain with just, you know, being in the NBA and having that entire coaching staff, right? So, um, so yeah, he got super hyped. Uh, every time he knocked down a shot or they got a defensive stop, he was hyping his teammates up. He was flexing. Um, and, you know, he basically is the, is the reason why the Mavs pulled out a win in this game. Uh, so Jason Kidd's Mavs stay undefeated in the preseason. Uh, that was another uh, little small fact that I saw. Uh, Marcus Bingham Jr. looked really great defensively. Although he was sort of playing in a double big lineup, he was sort of operating as a power forward at times. But uh, he also worked well with Hardy on the pick and roll. They have chemistry from the summer league. They were basically the two top players for the Mavs, uh, if I recall correctly, in the summer league. Um Christian Wood had this really nice play where he was basically running the point, took the ball up, um, drove in like a point guard, basically, just blew by his defender, kicked it out for a corner three. Um, yeah, like the offensive game for these guys is is definitely great, but um, excited to see, you know, what comes next in the rest of the preseason. Um, which the next game is going to be uh, Friday at 7.30 Central versus the Orlando Magic. So uh, who will play from the Mavs? Is Luka going to travel with the team? Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi, are they going to travel with the team? Are Bertans and Javel going to be okay? Is anyone who played today going to not play on Friday? Uh, we'll get more of that information uh, as it becomes available. Um, but who are the Magic going to play? So the Magic pretty much played everyone. Um I don't know if I saw Terrence Ross, but basically, you know, from their from their youth movement, they've pretty much played everyone. Um, they started, well, everyone but Franz Wagner, right, is who they played against the Grizzlies in their first game. So they started Carmelo Anthony, uh, Carmelo. They started Cole Anthony, um, Jalen Suggs. They started Mo Bamba at center and Wendell Carter at power forward like they did uh, parts of last year. But that means Paolo Bancaro is starting at small forward, which is a bit of a scary proposition, right? So if they run that big lineup against the Mavs, uh, it'll be interesting to see, especially if uh, Travel is out. So, um, so yeah, that'll definitely be interesting to see. Now, Franz was out for the Grizzlies, but the reports were that he was just resting and he should play tomorrow versus the Spurs. Um so Orlando's going to play, uh, play the Spurs first, and then they're going to play the Mavs at the back half of the back-to-back. -back. So there might be more resting from the Magic players since they're playing the second half of the back-to-back. -back. 
Um, and it is a road game too. So, uh, so yeah, that, that might happen, but we won't find that out until, until later. So, uh, that's going to be it for this episode, just covering basically the first game of the preseason and seasons around the corner. Now, um, I'll have another one out on either Friday or uh, Saturday morning for the second preseason game and then looking forward to the third preseason game. But there's going to be a lot of time between uh, those two preseason games. I think there's a week between uh, the second and third preseason game. So I'll probably get another episode out uh, early next week um, to catch up on some of the other news that's not related to, to the games. And that's going to be it. Talk to you guys in a few weeks, a few days.